All In Nation, this is Carlos Reyes. Welcome back to the All In Entrepreneur Podcast, the realest podcast in the game where we bring you the cream of the crop. That's right, the top 1% of the world, and we dig deep to see what makes them tick. Today is episode 23, season two. We have a very special guest. I label him as the Airbnb king, uh, but you know this man's making a lot of noise in the industry because of his niche expertise in the airbnb space everybody welcome my man mr tj to johnny my brother what's up brother man my brother welcome to phoenix welcome to phoenix i know this is podcast number three in a day and a half right (laughs) uh but we're gonna definitely have some fun with this one man and after this i'm gonna take you up north let's get it i'm gonna you know show you what my world is all about absolutely a little bit of healing sound healing a little bit of uh, mountain climbing so uh i'm gonna take this man up to sedona here after this man and I don't do that for too many folks, but you know, with Mr. Man. TJ here, um, I, I I vibe with him uh, yeah. the, for for the first time back in um, where was this it? Is, uh, uh, Vegas, Vegas, yeah, yeah Vegas yeah. at the Thrive event, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I just you know, uh, energy doesn't lie, and I was like, man, I yeah. like this guy. You know, yeah. he's a good soul. He's, he has a good heart, and uh, I want to be connected uh, with these type of people in my life. So, um, with that Likewise. being said, man, you know, I just want to say that I'm grateful for you and a lot mm. of people. Um, you know, in the space are grateful for you. I love how you always show up with a servant, you know, mindset. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I'll be, I'll be a hundred percent with you that right there alone, man. That's what's helped me over these past four years. Mm-hmm. Like brother, I'm telling you when you just lead with service yeah. first, Absolutely. right. You just, Hey, you know what? There's no hidden agenda. Absolutely. I'm like, hey, I know that I got to cut my teeth. I know that if I serve first, you know, the rest will get taken care of. Facts. Right? It's like set those intentions and then just release all expectations. That's what I've done. That's what I've seen you do, man. And man. Uh, and it's working out for you, man. Absolutely. I mean, you went from uh, the Real Estate <laughs> Disruptors podcast to uh, Cody Spurver's podcast to our podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, outside of us three, there's probably one or two more maybe out there. Right. Right. Maybe. Um. Uh. What is that other podcast? Um. What is that? The uh, pockets something. Bigger, bigger pockets. pockets. Right. Bigger I think pockets, that's the yeah. only other podcast, yeah. real estate wise, that I can think of. Yeah. Uh, that is up there with some of ours. You know. Absolutely. Um. But with that being said, man. How do you feel today, man? Man, I feel amazing. I feel amazing. Well, first of all, I just want to thank you, brother, uh, Carlos. You know, when I when I talk about you to people, um, and I say, listen, Carlos, that's my brother, man. That's sure. my that's my guy. Yeah. That's my guy. Uh, man, I appreciate not only your servant mindset and your servant attitude, but everything that you've done for me, the people that you've connected me with. I'm building some amazing relationships. Um, and a lot of it's thanks to you, brother. I really appreciate it. Thanks Bro, so much, man. You know, it's uh it's a beautiful thing, man, when you just Again, when you when you start to meet the right people, you Next. know, and in, in this case, right, it's like, man, I just want to surround myself with people that, you know, there's a there's a, a reciprocity. Absolutely. Right? It's like, yo, it, like without hidden agenda, it's like, hey, bro, what can I do for you? Yep. You know, and if I ever hit you, then I know you got me, and vice versa, and then we just we just kind of serve our way to the top. Absolutely. Right? And I feel like a lot of the people that we are starting to surround ourselves with, that's just what it is. That's a fact. You know, um, I know that, you know, you started, man, when you started helping uh, Cody with some stuff and, yeah. you know, you've been helping us with some stuff. Yeah. Anytime that I've called, I've called upon you to, to help out my guys. Absolutely. Right. Because I don't know nothing about Airbnb. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, but, you know, you know, you, you definitely know your, your stuff when it comes yep. to Airbnb. Um, you know, you're always there, you yeah. know, you're always there, bro. And and let me just ask you this, man, for anybody out there that's listening, because mm-hmm. this is a very niche space. The yeah. Airbnb space is a very niche space. What is Airbnb? Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, I just, I just went to Cali and sure thing, I used Airbnb. <laughs> Absolutely. I stayed at a beachfront um, spot in Dana Point with my mm-hmm. family. Mm-hmm. I love Airbnb, yeah. right? But I never looked at it from your lens. Yeah. I always look at it as a consumer. Absolutely. Right? I'm yeah. taking my family somewhere, I'm going to the beach, I'm going to the woods. Yeah. Let me rent an Airbnb, right? Yeah, absolutely. What what talk to talk to us, man. Anybody out there listening, right? Our audio listeners or visual listeners, like 
what is Airbnb? So Airbnb, first of all, is a money-making platform. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I like to say Airbnb because a lot of people look at me and they say, oh, you're the Airbnb guy. But at the end of the day, Airbnb is not the business I'm in per se, but it's more so just a platform. Mm -hmm. But Airbnb is what has what what created and exploded this entire short-term rental ecosystem in the first place. Mm -hmm. But the entire short-term rental industry as a whole, it's not anything new. It's been around for a long time. For sure. It was more so reserved, though, for huge corporate housing entities and mm. also like the big um, beachy areas and the mountaintop areas where people were able to rent their residence out on a short-term basis. And uh, matter of fact, it was properly documented that even Abraham Lincoln, when he was on a campaign trail, he was paying people to stay on their couches and their in their spare rooms. <sighs> so it's not anything new as an industry, yeah. but what Airbnb did, Airbnb came into the mix and it provided an opportunity for everyday people to earn extra money. Mm -hmm. um, but initially, their initial uh, business model was for people that owned a house and maybe you travel a lot and your house is empty while you're gone and you can earn extra money while you're gone or maybe you have a spare room mm -hmm. and you want to earn extra money to supplement your mortgage payment um, then entrepreneurs like myself and yourselves right said that man we can make way more money with this strategy than the traditional rental strategy mm -hmm. and so entrepreneurs started using this strategy for business and to mm -hmm. earn rental income and then once Airbnb got a whiff of this they uh, they loved it they appreciate it. And matter of fact, the founder, Brian Chesky, he said that his goal was to create 100 million entrepreneurs before he retires. So this is what made Airbnb become such a global movement in the wow. economy that it is today. Brother, it's crazy what technology is doing, right? Absolutely. Like, you you know, you just reminded me of what's going on out there with, with Uber. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, and Lyft. Right? Absolutely. Uh, now you got, you know, Airbnb and you got uh, the other one, VRBO, VRBO right? Outside of it. those two, is there any other oh, yeah. people that are competing? I mean, but uh, are they on that level? Yeah, uh, so people don't even really realize that Booking.com. Booking.com Booking okay. actually gets pretty much just as much traffic as Airbnb. Wow. People just don't know that. Uh, but Booking.com, uh, it's been around for a long time, way before Airbnb, but it was more so for hotels. You can book your cars there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, more so yeah, for yeah. like like that. Yeah. And so now you can host you know, normal properties just mm -hmm. like you would on Airbnb. Yeah. But yeah, Booking.com gets a lot of traffic. Now, VRBO, in order for them to stay competitive, they went ahead and, and, and purchased HomeAway, right? Okay. And I so so now the whole Expedia brand as well. Expedia is mm -hmm. another one. But you have to have a certain amount of units to be on Expedia. You have to have, I believe, at least 20 doors to be on Expedia. Okay. But Expedia, HomeAway, VRBO, they're all under the same umbrella now. So usually you either be on Expedia if you have the right amount of units or VRBO if you don't or both. Okay. Yeah. So what do you think, let me ask you this, what separates companies like Uber mm -hmm. and Lyft and Airbnb and VRBO versus all the other like, yep. kind of smaller, right? Is it, is it, is it the branding? Is it the mm -hmm. marketing? Is it the infrastructure? Is it the capital? Mm -hmm. Like what, what, what's, why, what makes these, these technologically uh, inclined companies as big as they are compared to everybody else in the market. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the I think it's two things that you named there. I think a branding for sure, mm -hmm. and that's probably one of the top things actually, because the way Airbnb branded themselves, and the way they positioned themselves as the best platform to list on. Because when you think about it, Airbnb, they're the most turnkey platform out there. Mm. When you think about everything that you need in a business, um, you need. Uh, you know, be able to collect payments, right? Mm -hmm. Payment processor, mm -hmm. background checks, background screenings. Mm -hmm. These are things that are automatically handled by the platform. So all you got to do is just list your property on there and make money. Then another thing is the user interface. Like the way you set up the platform, the way you list the properties, the way it actually is from a user interface perspective, both from a consumer perspective and the host perspective, it's really, really good. Like if you ask anybody about listing a property on booking.com versus listing a property on Airbnb, it's a total night and day difference. Mm. <laughs> booking.com, it could it could make you pull your hair out, right? Okay. Um, but Airbnb is so simple, very okay. easy to list it on there. Um, so I think those two things play a huge role. Wow. Sure. Well, that, that, makes, that makes sense, man. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, before we start giving out more game and we're going to dive yeah. deep into, you know, how actually people out there, you know, your everyday investor can actually, you know, tap catch in. some traction and, and, and tap in and, and create, you know, a whole other department or right, a whole other uh, asset class Absolutely. through short term yep. rental. Right. Yep. Um, give us a, a background on your story, man. Like, you know, man. where 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 are you from? Yeah. You know, 
where were you raised? Yeah. What was your your home life, your family dynamic like? Like, you know, talk to us about that. Well, I, I'm, I'm very family oriented. Um, I'm not from here originally. Originally, I'm from Nigeria. Um, I, I moved to the U.S. when I was eight years old. Okay. Me along with my four siblings. Do so you was, speak? Um, I speak your, Yoruba. Your so yeah, my my native tongue is uh, um, Yoruba. Um, Yoruba. Yoruba. One of that's one of the one of the major tribes in in Nigeria. All right. So let me ask you this. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> uh, can you say it in your language? Yeah. Right. Uh, something like, hey, how's it going? My name is TJ. Uh, I'm the Airbnb guy. <laughs> Can you say that in your language? Just yeah, to, you know, We yeah. never had someone speak another language on the podcast, <laughs> besides maybe Spanish, right? Yeah. But I don't even think anybody's ever spoke Spanish. So can you say that? Yeah. What would that sound like? Abaoni, urukomini, TJ, Tajani. Emi call Airbnb. Yeah, oh, oh, I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. All right, all right. That's I love it, it man. It's actually yeah. a pretty smooth language, man. Yeah. It's, it's music to my ears, but give us a background, man. What, you know, you got here when you were eight years old. Where did you, like, where did you, like, what part of the country did yep. you reside in? So we moved to Houston, and we okay. chose Houston. My mom chose Houston because we already had family there. Mm-hmm. Uh, for folks who don't know, Houston is a very, is is, is definitely nice. It's a nice amount of Nigerians in Houston. Um, so we moved here and started school in the second grade. And uh, it was interesting because, you know, we stayed in a small apartment. It's the five of us, and my mom's the six of us. My mom was working multiple jobs. She worked mm-hmm. two jobs. Um, and so I was the first in my family to go to college and growing up wasn't easy, you know, back then now being Nigerian is cool, but back then it wasn't. And, uh, but so it wasn't necessarily easy at all actually. And, but when I graduated high school, you know, we didn't have money to go to college and I never forget because I was, I was, you know, pretty good at school in terms of smarts, right, mm-hmm. for what people would consider. Um, I was in a college prep class in, in high school, actually. Yep. It's called AVID. And so yeah, yeah. in this college prep class, they gave us a little bit of, you know, they, they exposed us a little bit more to, like, the college life. So yep. we had a, a, one of the deans at the University of Houston come speak to us. And so they came and spoke to us. And when he after he spoke, I pulled him to the side, like, outside the classroom. And I said, hey, um, Mr. Woodson, I said, um, I said, I really want to go to school. Like, I have a desire to go to college. But... I don't, here's my situation, I'm not a citizen, right? Mm. And I got into University of Houston, but they want me to pay out-of-state tuition. And he said that, you know what, I haven't had anybody that actually actually said anything like that to me before. And he said, I want to try to help you out. He said, I have a form I need you to sign and fill out, um, but I need, I, need, I need to give you the physical form, and he needs to get it signed, notarized, and bring me the physical form back. So I took my mom's, uh, my mom started catering, uh, Niger- uh, catering food, catering Nigerian food um, on the side. And so I took her delivery van, and I drove it to University of Houston, grabbed the form, brought it back to the, lo- to the bank across the street from my house, got it signed, got it notarized, took it back to him. He said, okay, let me get to work for you. Next thing you know, two weeks later, I get a letter in the mail that says that, okay, you've been granted in-state tuition at the University of Houston. Wow. I was like, oh, wow. I don't yeah. know what he did, but he held yeah. it down. And, and Which so, is a, a, a way huge. more cost effective. Oh, wow, right? three times. So yeah. three times more if you're out of state. And so, of course, that's half the battle. So I'm like, okay, how am I still pay for school? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, but at yeah, least yeah. that part, yeah. I was so excited. In. For, exactly. Mm-hmm. I was so excited for just that foot in. Mm-hmm. So I'm signing up for classes. <laughs> I'm doing orientation. My mom was like, TJ, how are you? What? You know, sometimes when I talk, my mom, me and my mom are really close. And a lot of times when I talk about it, it's hard not to talk in her accent. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but she was like, well, how are you How are you registering for classes? I don't have money to send you to school. I said, Mom, I'll figure it out. I'll just work. I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. And so I went to the financial aid office, and I said, hey, okay, I know tuition payments due before class start, but is there anything that could be done? And they said, well, you could defer your tuition to the end of the semester. Mm. And I said, okay, well, if I defer it, what what is that like? Is that that's it? I can just they said, Well you gotta charge we gotta charge an interest on top of mm-hmm. it. And they said, oh, I said, How much is the interest? They said five percent. I said, Okay, well that's not, not that bad. bad. Yeah. I said, Okay, I can do that. So let's let's do that. Let's can we do that right now? Like can we defer it now? She yeah. said she said, Well, yeah, <laughs> we can do yeah. it right now. Yeah. So so they did it and I was able to sign up for classes and I started working at foot action, right? I started working at foot action and selling shoes because I still had an ID. So with that I was still able to work. Yeah. So I was selling shoes. Um and then what I would do is I, I created like some vertical integration in terms of making more money. Mm-hmm. So as we as when there was whenever there was a crazy discount on apparel, it happened twice a month. There was a crazy discount on all the Jordan and Nike apparel that was still left over. Mm-hmm. And so they would go for like the shorts were going for like 60 bucks, but they would discount them like 60 percent. Then I would add my additional 30 percent employee discount. I was picking up these shorts for like five, ten bucks. Oh, and so I you would clean flipping. up. I was I would clean up the entire store, then I'll take it back to the dorm rooms on campus and flip, and, them. And, and flip them there for 30, 30, 25. Mm-hmm. Because oh, reached, those are easy. easy. They're buying them all day. I would clean up, like I would sell out. It got so popular to where 
people knew that if they saw me with my foot action outfit, with my, with my tag, with my bags, they already knew what time it was. And everybody came down to the door. Oh, the teacher got the shorts. Teacher got the shorts. And so I would sell them. I didn't even realize what I was doing back then, but I was wholesaling these uh, yeah. Nike and Jordan you, apparel. You were just trying to survive. I was just trying to survive. But yeah. I was taking that money. I was putting it to the side. I was working, putting that money to the side. Then I started teaching. I started tutoring mathematics on campus. Mm. So I would take that money, put it to the side, and then at the end of the semester, I would pay my tuition. And I did that for six years, and that's how I was able to put myself through college. Oh, my God. Well, brother, that makes one of us. <laughs> I, 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 I did not go to college. You know? Well, and, and, and it's interesting because I, I would, even though I don't use my degree anymore, yeah. I have a mechanical engineering degree with a mathematics minor. And um, fortunately, I was I was blessed enough to have a full-time job out of college. I worked for an oil and gas company, making six figures out of college, which mm. I know was a rarity, right? But making the six figures out of college came at a cost, and that cost was my time. Yeah, because I required me to work offshore. I was working sure. on the rigs, working on the substance insulation vessels. Now, granted, honestly, I didn't hate my job. Yeah, I just knew one for me. I just knew it wasn't a long term play for me. You wanted some freedom. I wanted some freedom. Absolutely. You wanted to be in charge of your own life. One hundred percent. Right. One hundred percent. One of my buddies, who one of my frat brothers, who saw literally watched saw my grind throughout college. He said, "Man, you a hustler, bro. You should yeah. re- you should read this book." Guess what that book was? Rich Dad Poor Dad. Of course, <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> he said, "Read this book." So I'm reading the book, Rich Dad Poor. So I took the book with me offshore on one of my hitches. I read it twice while I was offshore, and I couldn't get. Out. I was like, "Get me off this You're boat addicted. right now! Yep. Yep. I need to go buy some assets ASAP." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how. But I mean, <laughs> but I didn't figure you did this it with out. your student Absolutely. situation, right? Your student Absolutely. loan situation. So Absolutely. That, that isn't that crazy, man. Like, I don't know why, right? But. That happened to me when I read a $10 book called mm. Flip by Nick Reese. Mm. Isn't it crazy how, I don't know if the if the spirit is just there dormant, mm-hmm. and then you you read something yep. or you go to an event yep. or some type of mastermind, and yep. then boom, you just boom. light up and you're like, this is all I'm it, gonna do for the rest of my life. It's crazy how right? that, that feeling, I, yeah. I experienced that exactly, it's like the light bulb, and you're so fired up, like, I need to be doing this. This is what I should be doing crazy i experienced that exactly the same thing you you um you become instantly obsessed absolutely right you become instantly, instantly obsessed like <laughs> instantly. i remember man like i'm telling you no logical human being is gonna read a book like you know the books that we read right yep. i read this book flip and it was talking about how you can become a millionaire in real estate without a license and without mm. money and without credit it just said you want to become a real estate uh, you want to become a real estate millionaire go put out a hundred bounded signs Every Friday, right, from mm-hmm. 11 p.m. to 2 in the morning, I was like, okay, well, that's what's going to make me a millionaire. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to try it. Right? <laughs> go knock on doors. Go drive for dollars. Yep. Go put out flyers on, you know, go put out flyers on windows, Home Depot, Lowe's. I mean, the list goes on, Walmart, right? And it's like you kind of got to have a few screws yeah, loose. you kind of do. <laughs> to go, right, to be an entrepreneur, yeah. to go do that. Yep. Because there's no... There's no certainty at the end of that road, right? Yep. There's no promises. Yep. It's just telling you to go take massive action. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you don't have if you don't have it all figured out, you got, you know, just take just make rough draft moves yep. and then eventually like something's going to get, right? Yep. So again, man, you reading that book um and you becoming instantly obsessed. How long did it take you after reading that book mm-hmm. to say, "You know what? I I got to go." Oh yeah. Um so what I what after reading that book, I set a goal for myself. I said, when I get to 10 rentals, I want 10 single family rental properties, and I'm going to walk some away. Some cash flow. Some cash flow. Yeah. Because at the end of the day- You um, got bills to pay. Exactly. Yeah. I got bills to pay. And by definition, if, you're, if your side income can match what your bills are, then by definition, you're kind of financially free, right? Mm-hmm. It, but you know, maybe not where you want income-wise, but it gives you the freedom to be able to make some moves. So I was like, you know what? I want 10 rental properties. You know, That should more than cover my expenses because I was living very low expenses. And I said, um, I'm going to walk away from this from this engineering position. I'm going to do real estate full time. Well, came 2017. For folks who know anything about the oil and gas market, but it's a very quite finicky market. Mm-hmm. It's ebbs and flows. When the price of oil is $100 a barrel, everybody's eating. Everybody's mm-hmm. happy. And, um, and but it's when, on a 20, 30, uh, 40, when, when right? It drops. Okay. When, it, when I was laid off, it was it dropped to like $42 a barrel. And um, but when it costs forty six dollars a barrel to build and produce crude oils and hydrocarbons, you're in the negative. No, you're the negative. Nobody's drilling. And so with the company I was working for, we were in the we were at the face of the economy. So we worked. We weren't um, one of the major operators like Shell and BP and Exxon. We were one of the service companies that provided their equipment. Got it. And so we were the first to get cut. Absolutely. <laughs> so yep. um, so I was laid off at five. I had five rentals when I was laid off. So about halfway through my goals. Mm-hmm. 
And I said, wow, okay. Did they give you like a severance package or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, guess, guess nothing worth. <laughs> how much, but, how but much the, was your severance package, if you don't mind me asking? Severance package was eight grand. Eight grand. That's enough for you for to survive maybe like two to three months. <laughs> yeah, right? approximately. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. I took that and um, I just invested in my education with it. You know what I'm saying? And honestly, this whole short-term rental thing, when I came about it, I wasn't even looking for it. I hadn't even spent it eight grand on a short-term rental coach. <laughs> I no. wasn't even looking for this strategy at all. It just, it just, I just saw a video about Airbnb, and I said, I mean, I had never even stayed in an Airbnb at that time. Yeah, yeah. But I was just like, you know what? I know about this, and so I wanted to try it. So I had a, one of the rentals that I was currently at that time fixing up. My goal was to put a traditional tenant in it. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna try this Airbnb thing on this on this one property. It was a three bedroom, two bath house. What was Houston. it though? Was it, um, was it a house that you were wholesaling? A house that you acquired it was a house that i acquired and i was like already you closed it yeah i closed it okay matter of fact i had closed it before i had even decided to make it an airbnb mm-hmm. I, when i decided to make it an airbnb i was in the middle of the remodel i was just going to put a traditional tenant in it to add to my portfolio and so i said you know what i'm gonna I'm I'm gonna make this one an airbnb it was about it was a three bedroom two bath house about 1700 square feet i spent 14 grand to furnish it mm-hmm. um put I mean, not just furniture. I mean, when I say yeah, furniture, rehab it, make it look nice. Yeah. Made it nice linens. I'm talking mm-hmm. about coffee maker. Everything you need to stay look nice. For, look nice. Look. Very nice. So, Houston, Houston, Ace Town. Um, this is a bird deal that I did. Um, so I refied out. Seventy um, percent LTV. Furnished it. And I never forget the day I listed it on Airbnb. I hadn't even got the professional photos back yet when I listed it. I just took some cell phone photos and just listed it that way. Yeah. I was like, let me just see if I can just get some bookings with these cell phone photos um, before I get these professional photos. So I listed it, and I know I put my phone down, and I started watching a movie. And somebody inquired within like an hour, but I thought it was a booking, but it was just a question, just an inquiry. Mm-hmm. But my level of excitement from that one like, <laughs> inquiry. I'm already getting I'm like, oh, hits. Snap. I said, yeah. oh, snap. Somebody's, somebody actually has a question. They reached out to me. They're yeah. interested in yeah. my property. Yeah. I said, yeah, it's ready. Okay, has everything you need. It's perfect. Book it, book it. And I'm not booking that property. Oh. But I woke up the next day with mm-hmm. two reservations, two confirmed bookings the next day when I woke up. So you up. get to decide who you want to, like yeah. if there's two people that book, you get mm-hmm. to decide who you're going with? Yeah, you can. You can. So you can set up your listing to where people can instantly book with you to mm-hmm. where they don't need your you know you can have instant book requirements if they meet certain requirements they can just book with you instantly without your approval then if they don't or you don't have that setting turned on mm-hmm. you they send a request to book and you would have to approve them got it right but even but but people can't fight for the same dates that's one thing these platforms won't allow people to do okay even if somebody sends a request to book it'll block those dates boom and nobody can book until uh, until, until you decline the owner exactly. declines. Okay, unless I decline it. it, then it opens it back up. Got it. So that's how we did it. So I had two reservations, two totally different dates come in. Then I ran the math. I did the numbers. I said, man, even at fifty percent occupancy, <laughs> at at the rate that I was charging, which was about twenty five percent below what the market rate that I could mm-hmm. be charging, even at those numbers, I was still looking to at minimum two x what the traditional rentals would do. Mm. So this was became a no brainer for me quite easily. So I said, you know what, I'm, I think there's something within a short term rental strategy, and I started with that one, and now we're where we are now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, man, okay. So here, get, give us a, a quick breakdown of yeah. like anybody out there that's like, man, you know what, that that's. That's interesting to me because you know what I've noticed in this in the real estate space, right? Yeah. You got folks like me who are, you know, they we're we're marketers, we have acquisition teams, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then we, we we just you know, we're either flipping, we're wholesaling, or we're doing rentals, right? I I don't have an Airbnb. I got mm-hmm. rentals, I don't yep. have no Airbnbs, yep. right? Which now I think I should, right? <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah. But but talk to me about you know, the everyday listener out there that, you know, he's like, he's out there listening. He's like, you know what? I don't want to do what Carlos does. Mm-hmm. That 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 is too risky. Mm-hmm. You know, putting up, you know, so much money in marketing and hiring yeah. acquisition managers and systems and processes, you know, which there are in your side of the industry, Absolutely. right? But, you know, he's like, I, that's not my thing, mm-hmm. right? Because I've noticed that there's so many different asset classes in the real estate space, right? You got mobile homes. Yep. You got multifamily. Right, you got fixing and flipping. You got you know long term rentals. You got short term rentals. Absolutely. Right, uh, creative financing and you know all all oh. kinds of different niches. Right, somebody out there listening, you know what 
what do they need to know? What are some of the basics mm -hmm. that they need to know to get going in the short-term rental space? Absolutely. So one of the things that, um, and you asked, and that's a really good question because for folks who don't really even know or realize is that this strategy is probably one of the lowest barriers to entry to get into real estate. Well, that's what people think about wholesaling too, yeah. though, right? <laughs> exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And, um, and but, th but, but this is, you're saying that this is as easy as wholesaling or easier? So you know what's interesting? Wholesaling to me is not easy. Yeah, it's so not that's easy. what I'm saying. Yeah, a lot, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, it's crazy because in theory it's easy, right? Um, it's almost like you know you 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 put a property in a contract and you assign a contract. It's almost like running. If I say is running easy, well, in theory, one foot after the other. But yeah. If I was tell you to go run a marathon right now, <laughs> you'll be able to go run a marathon for sure. Marathon. You got to train for it. You got to train right? for that. You got to do all. You got to prepare yeah. for it. So that's how I kind of view wholesaling. And yes, there's a lot of moving parts within the short-term rental strategy. And I think it's important for people to understand because a lot of people just want to do Airbnb and they just put a property up on Airbnb, seeing Airbnb as the most valuable thing in their business and that platform alone. Um, but I like to let people know that Airbnb really isn't where the value is. Yes, you're going to get a lot of bookings from there. That's just the platform. That's just a platform. Yeah. The value is in the systems the infrastructure, the team that you have, mm -hmm. the value is in the system. This is the reason why the same amount of time it takes me to run and manage five beds is the same amount of time it takes me to run and manage 55 plus beds. That's because of the team. Yep. And, so, and that's what's important. Now, when I say lower, lower barrier to entry, it's not easy, especially in today's day and age, to secure it because you don't have to own these assets. I, had to even, I hadn't even learned that yet because I was thinking you had to own all these. You were trying to, buy, I was trying like to buy, it all. buy a house. Airbnb, Airbnb it and yep. Burr, right? Absolutely. Do the Burr strategy. Absolutely. One by one by one, one by, by one, one by one by one. one, by yeah. one. Then a the transition of realizing that, oh, I didn't even have to own it. I don't have to own you, it. So, you, I can so just now lease you rent it. Yep. And then you sublease it to other people it, through Airbnb. Through Airbnb. Yeah, now, let's talk about that. Now, it's important for people to understand, though, I'm not subleasing. Because by definition, say, say Los, if I was to approve you to stay in one of my apartments, one of my properties, now, if I was to approve you the traditional way, Qualify your background. It's on yeah, your name, yeah. background check, credit check. And credit it's more pool. of a long-term thing. And it's a long-term thing, right? Yeah. And then you decide to furnish it and rent it out on Airbnb. By definition, you're subleasing, which yep. is which is wrong, which is illegal. This is why I employ people. Please do it the right way. Rent it under a business. Do a corporate lease instead. Is it harder to do the corporate lease? Yes, it is. You run into some resistance here. Oh now? yeah, there's definitely resistance, and especially, especially today's at day and first, age. right? Especially, especially when you were barely first. going. Yeah. And actually, even when I first got started at, at doing short-term rentals it wasn't as hard as it is now to secure leases, especially with REITs, with apartment complexes. Now a lot of people see that, okay, all I got to do is just lease a property. That's the lower barrier to entry, right? Mm -hmm. All I got to do is lease a property and just put it up on the Airbnb, but they, don't, but they don't know how to handle security issues. They don't even know how to screen their guests properly. They don't know how to handle turnover properly, mm -hmm. thus providing a bad experience for the guests, which also they don't know how to screen the guests and then they have the wrong people staying in their properties and now they're causing issues for other tenants in the yep, property. Now yep. the apartment complex is pissed off and now- The whole thing just blew up. It just blows up up and they're not even allowing short-term rentals in that building anymore. Yep. This is what's happening consistently. And it wasn't as bad as it was when I first got started, but now it's getting worse. And when I talk about the low barrier to entry, it's actually not that low because you still have to secure these leases the right way, mm -hmm. which is still very doable, yes. And that's what I teach folks how to do, 100%. Yeah. So, But at the end of the day, you don't have to own them. You can lease them. I employ people and recommend to work what, what I like to call owner-controlled assets. These are not your REITs. These are not your large apartment complexes. Um, the, the large apartment complexes, they're structured like a company. They have rules, policies. You have to meet certain requirements to, to rent the property on a, from a corporate lease perspective. But with owner-controlled property... It's more so about the conversation. It's yep. more so about positioning yourself as an expert. It's more so about speaking to the, their pain points and them knowing that you're going to deliver on what you say. Making them do. feel certain Making them feel that certain about, exactly. the rent's going to get paid, exactly. right? Exactly. And exactly. that uh, their property's going to be fine. I and think those are probably the two biggest concerns. So right? the biggest concern, property being well taken care of, yep. is the rent's going to be paid on time, yep. right? Um, insurance, how's it going to be covered? How's they, how are they protected? Is this still the traditional renter's policy, which is it's not, right? Mm -hmm. And he needs to, you, you should convey that to, you, to, the, to the landlord and also let them know that you will add them on as an additional insurer that way that they know, they know that they're protected, mm. right? House maintenance, another thing, another bottleneck for landlords, maintenance. We hate dealing with maintenance mm -hmm. issues. We like to let landlords know. We say, hey, we're going to handle all the maintenance issues for you up to $200. Anything above $200, we'll oversee it for you. We'll use our contractors if you want, but we'll we'll invoice you for, for the work. But if it's below $200, we'll take care of it, and we'll just let you know what's going on. That way you're aware. Um, but these are things that matters. When, they talk, when it comes to rent being paid on time, we show them, we let them know that, hey, your rent's going to be paid 
in an automated fashion. It's going to be automatically paid uh, on, um, the first. Every, on the first of mm-hmm. every month. And if possible, show them other automatic payments that you made to other landlords. That way they know that you're real. And so conversations like that, positioning yourself as what I like to consider the perfect tenant, yep. because essentially that's what you are. Um, and so your ability to convey that is what's going to allow you to to work with landlords. Even in our program right now with our students, there's a script that I use that I give to my students. You can imagine how many bad conversations and how many times I had to get it wrong <laughs> to come mm-hmm. up with a script that I have mm-hmm. now. But a script is so nice, it's concise, it speaks to everything that matters. And our students are seeing a lot of success with it. But that's essentially um, um, what it is. If you are able to, to intrigue them enough to work with them, then sky's the limit in this business for sure. I love it, I love it. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. What are some of the determining factors Right when when it comes to choosing the right property to yeah. to do this kind of um, what would you call it a arbitrage not yeah. an arbitrage arbitrage, arbitrage or or uh, just short term rentals short term rental yeah, absolutely right like mm-hmm. what 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 is what are some of the determining factors for that like what do you look for like this this ha- like a location mm-hmm. you know uh, certain square footage mm-hmm. you know bedrooms bathrooms mm-hmm. um, uh, I don't know. What 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 does that look like on your well, So one of the things is one of the biggest questions you're going to ask yourself to answer a lot of these questions is who are you serving? Who are you serving is going to answer a lot of things. Um, and um, it's also going to be determined majorly by your location because who you're serving is also going to answer that too, mm-hmm. what your location has to offer. So you got to think about the location, which is very important. Matter of fact, location is actually more important than the aesthetic of the actual neighborhood. And I, and I say that because my very first one, this house that I, that I talked about, mm-hmm. wasn't even in the nicest neighborhood. It really wasn't. It was actually in a neighborhood that I was actually scared to do Airbnb in. Oh, I was like, man, what does work over here? Some now, of my up and coming, yeah. Now, up and coming area. Great area location-wise, up and coming, gentrifying crazy, a lot of remodels in the neighborhood, but it isn't quite there yet. So I was a little bit skeptical to doing it, mm-hmm. to running the play at this particular mm-hmm. property. But I'm so glad that I did because guess what? It's still 10 minutes away from downtown. It's still within 15 minutes away from the medical center, just outside of Midtown. So location is still ideal for a lot of who's will travel there. So I decided to run a play regardless, and I learned quickly that proximity was was one of the most important things. So reasons as to why people would come there. Think about your college towns. Think about your sports teams. Think about your convention centers and all that. Um, so, but another thing that's really important is for folks who are looking to get into this business, one of the first things you should do to d- help you determine that location is to, first of all, make sure that you confirm the kind of deed restrictions or the laws that govern short-term rentals in that particular marketplace. Mm-hmm. The best thing to do is to go on Google and just Google short-term rental ordinances and then your city. It's going to take you to one or two sites. It's going to take you to either a website that has all the information considering the deed restrictions or the, or the, or the regulations regarding short-term rentals, or it's going to take you to the county clerk site, which pretty much has the same information. So once you confirm that, okay, we can run a play here at this particular marketplace, then then you have to get more granular to figure out which location is ideal for this. And one of the ways to do that is check out AirDNA. AirDNA is, is almost like running comps for short-term rentals, mm-hmm. right? So AirDNA is one of the platforms that's going to show you listings that are similar to the ones that you, that, that, similar to yours, and it'll show you what kind of, what the average revenue is on a yearly basis, what the occupancy is, all great information just like that. So check out AirDNA for that. But I like to tell people, when you, when you work with AirDNA, take the data with a grain of salt. Because there's certain metrics they have a hard time tracking. Mm-hmm. So, but if you like their numbers, if you see the numbers on AirDNA and you like those numbers, you should definitely run a play because those are very conservative numbers. We you, we usually outperform AirDNA's numbers by at least two x. I love so, it. Yes, for sure. Let me let me ask you this. So now that we have some determining factors of you know, hey, this is what I look for to you know to you know to try to acquire a short term rental. Um, you know, you got first and foremost, it starts with the conversation. Well, no, how would you define the process? Would you mm-hmm. say, all right, let me determine, you know, like, do you look for like vacant rentals that mm. owners have? Is that what you look for? Right? Yeah, just regular rentals that'd be on, on lease. Yeah. Rentals that'd be on lease. So that, that would be a, a first step. And then, and then you're like, okay, um, now I got to talk to the owner, mm-hmm. right? You got to talk to the owner. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you do that, then what does the process look like then? So, so boom, you look for the rentals, you determine, all right, does this rental meet my criteria, yep. right? Location, yep. ex- bedrooms, bathrooms, yep. blah, blah. Then you talk to the owner, yep. right? Uh, and then if the owner approves, what happens then? Cool. So, so for, and, I, and I'm going to even take a little bit of a step back. Mm-hmm. I like to tell folks when you call, when you call these landlords, um, you, I, I don't recommend like, 
having that conversation about what you want to do over the phone. Now you can. You just had to make a lot more calls to get the yes. Your best chances, as a matter of fact, your chances increases by like threefolds. If you were to actually go up there and look at the property yourself, which you should anyway, you want to make And you it. meet the owner there? And you meet the owner there. Okay. A lot of times we meet the owner or their agent. Either way, it's okay. Uh, so we meet the owner, and then we start having a conversation. And a lot of times they're going to they're gonna ask you questions that, to qualify you as a traditional tenant. Okay, yeah. is it going to be you and your family? Is yeah. it, you know, yeah. where you're coming from? How, their concerns. What, they're, they're just their concerns, right? And your job is to essentially pretty much ask them questions as well. Underst- get, try to get their idea of what their experience is like what their experience has been like as a landlord. Mm-hmm. Oh, what was your last tenant like? Did you have issues with them, right? Was rent um, paid on time? Was, it, was rent paid well, on like, know, things like, exactly. They, were things broken in the were house? Bro- exactly. Yeah. Gotta get a good feel of what their experience has been like as a landlord. And then we're just going to the conversation, right? Once you have the conversation, it's pretty, I mean, essentially, I'm just summarizing it very, very briefly, but it's like, um, I'm, I'm actually want to rent this property. I think it's amazing, but I'm not going to rent it the traditional way. I want to rent it um, on, under, under a corporate lease because I think the people that we serve will really like it. Matter oh, fact, exactly. Because you have to speak to who you serve, and we let them know like oh, we're, your rent's going to be paid on time every single month. Matter of fact, we will actually like to take it off your hands for two to two years if you allow us. Wow. Your rent's going to be paid on time um, every single month. It's going to be auto paid, and we can actually show you proof of past payments that we've made to other other landlords that are, that are automatically paid. Mm-hmm. Um, this is how you're going to be insured. This is how the property has to show. It has to clean for every single person that walks in here, right? It has to show. So nobody is going to take care of this property the way we're going to take care of this property. Mm. I'm talking about cleaning baseboards, cleaning fans. It has to be that detail to provide the level of service that we provide to the people that we serve, right? And so these are the kind of, and this is how you insured. This is how you insured. They think these are the kind of conversations that you want to have. And one of the other things that we do that also uh, helps us out a lot is the business plan that we put together. There's a perfect program it's pretty much a business plan we we have it in our um in our in our with our students it just outlines what you do who you serve it pretty much summarizes everything that you talked about but it puts it in like a business plan form mm-hmm. and we like to give that to landlords that way they can kind of stew on it a little bit right um that helps us further work with them for sure and so after that you, you sign a lease and by the way it is not going to be a traditional lease if it is a traditional lease that they want to use one that is mandated by the state that's perfectly fine um you can still use uh, there's verbiage that we put in the addendum that confirms that yeah. allows us to make sure that we are going to be it allows us to run our business uh, with no problems but if they are okay with using our own lease agreement all oh, that's already built into it it's much easier it's already much easier already built into it so but we're able to work with them either way and then once we sign a lease then we start running the play and we start furnishing it right away yeah, right. Let me, let, let me let me ask you this um, on the resistance side, right? Yeah, like, yeah. what are some things that you run into? Oh yeah, <laughs> and and what percentage would you say? Like, if you talk to, let's just say you have ten appointments in mm-hmm. three days, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, man, I love all these ten locations, mm-hmm. right? Meets my criteria. I'm gonna meet every single uh, owner there yep. or agent. Yep. Um, what is some of the resistance? First and foremost, what percentage do you think you can close out of mm-hmm. ten people? Mm-hmm. Like five, six, seven. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what are some of the uh, concerns from those owners? Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I, you know what I tell my students? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I tell them, I say, okay, how bad do you want this? Like, you really want to secure these leases? You mm-hmm. really want to You want to ramp it up? So, yeah, I say, okay, just put it like this. Every seventh landlord you talk to will tell you yes. Okay. Every seventh. So, it's, just, yes. it's almost like cold, it's call, almost like, uh, cold calling and it's almost like uh, a wholesaling. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now. A lot of times, do they get the yes before the seven? Yes, especially with our Great. script. Yeah. Especially with our script. Yeah. But but I like to tell them seven. Yeah, and I and I like to say that too because it's it allows me to know how hungry they are. Mm-hmm. So if I got so I say okay, how many units do you want in six months? And so I want six units in six months. Okay, how many conversations do you need to have to get six units? Every seventh conversation. Every seventh conversation. Yeah. And for folks who are say okay. Okay, I'll see what I got to do. Yep. Well, all right, you're ready for this. You yep. you, you want to run the play, and you yeah, and I can see you being successful in this business. Mm-hmm. Um, but we definitely you're definitely gonna get some resistance a lot of times. Especially you're gonna get more and more so with apartment complexes. Landlords, you're gonna get resistance there. Um, the biggest resistance you get with landlords is if they actually already have a property management company, right? Wow. If they have a property management company, I'm not I'm not talking about an agent, a management company. Yep. A lot of times, it's all. Almost nine out of ten times it's a no. No, and they don't want nothing. To do, want nothing to do. Right. And a lot of times the property management company won't even tell the landlord. Like they only want to. They only want to pitch it to the landlord because when you think about it, if I'm running, if I'm running their property as a short-term rental, why do they need the property management company? Mm-hmm. My company is a property management company mm-hmm. <laughs> essentially, just managing on a short-term basis, not a long-term basis. Yep. So that's why property management companies, when a property has one. 
if we're not able to get a, con- a direct contact with the landlord, then uh, then yeah, it's most likely. Issue. Yeah, oh yeah, that's going to be an issue. Um, another thing, especially when you work with apartment complexes, one of the biggest questions they're going to ask you: Are you going to be on Airbnb? Because oh, what? <laughs> they ask as, you straight up. Oh, they ask you straight up. Yeah. As much as we love Airbnb, it has a negative tone to it. It has a negative connotation to it, and it has a negative kind of reputation to it. Not not all the way negative because the first thing they think about is like parties riffraff all the stuff that goes on and stuff they might hear on the news and stuff like Crazy. that yeah so they said, they said you know what we're cool with it but we don't want you to be on the airbnb that's going to be one of the biggest pushback and, uh, but they'll uh, say that or they'll say that um you know what we we want to personally as a community we want to screen every single person that that co- that, that makes checks sense. in there so and then you have a bunch of people under you that are coming in and out right exactly Your tenants, right exactly and then they have no they don't, they don't have control over that they don't have control of it. Yeah. so you know but but what's important is for for you to understand what the apartment complex is or what the landlords whoever what they're really asking if they say you're going to be on airbnb understand that what they're really asking is um is there going to be parties here like mm-hmm. is there going to be any rep because when they associate with airbnb that's that's what they're concerned about which, so which blows my mind by the way mm-hmm. because i've never and i've ran i rent airbnbs at least once a month yeah and i never never had a party neither <laughs> i've never had a party at airbnb <laughs> if anything most airbnbs have uh noise ordinances yep. right around 10 p.m yep. you know you 10 can't be quiet loud, time. Yep. right so it's like, what are you talking they about? They don't care. Yeah. People don't care. Huh. People don't care. This is why I, I always employ people to please, please make sure that your house rules are very detailed. Yeah. When you create your house rules, make sure you also put the fine for breaking the house rules. Put a number on it. Mm-hmm. Right. It was funny. I was telling, I was telling, telling Steve uh, yesterday. Uh, I used to, I used to charge. I used to say, okay, you know, you smoking my unit. It's five hundred dollar fine. Five hundred dollar fine for smoking in my unit. Like yeah. smoke a cigar, just smoke, smoke anything. Weed, well, anything. Hey, yeah. You smoking anything? It's five hundred dollar fine. I guess what people. Well, are now doing. Um, I don't know if you saw, but the government is uh, they put together a thirty million dollar grant mm. where they're going to um, they're going to hand out crack pipes. Yeah, Did I saw you that. see that? Right? I saw that. Right. So uh, I, I don't know, you know, if, if people are going to be smoking crack in Airbnbs, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like. There's a thirty That'd million dollar grant out there, so that's just crazy. keep an eye out for it, man. I know, man. I, I don't even know the full details as to what's going on with that. Yeah, that's no crazy. What, what that's yeah. about, but uh, but yeah, but you know what's interesting? I would have my, I would say, you know what? It's five hundred dollar fee to smoke in my unit. Mm-hmm. You know, what people would do. They'll say. I'll just pay the five hundred. Let's, let's fire up. <laughs> oh no! You're like, wait a minute! <laughs> like, wait a minute! Yeah, <laughs> wait a minute! I was supposed to scare you. So yeah. I realized that number wasn't even scary enough. So then it's a thousand. Oh, it's two thousand now. Two thousand. Two thousand. You don't smoke. No, not in the smoke. house. Oh, that 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 made a difference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that definitely made a difference. Wow. Not in the house. They can smoke outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, not a property. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Now, by the way, now, by, there is something that's becoming popular in these marketplaces that are friendly towards the the greenery right mm-hmm. people are setting up units ideal for that so you know what for hey smoking for smoking hey okay. you can hey you can smoke your smoke okay. your stuff in here yeah. no problem there's sites there there are short-term rental sites that are that are now coming up one that comes to mind because i met the, i met the gentleman on clubhouse 420 420 bnb right and so oh. <laughs> this is this is real you can okay. list your property on there yeah. right and uh and you can have your way in terms yeah. of however, however you want to know what i'm saying Do your thing now will he charge you a premium for it probably so but people They'll pay, pay it. That's <laughs> They'll crazy. Pay it. Over some smoking. Over some smoking. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let, let let me ask you, you know, a couple more questions here, right? Because I, I wrote down a bunch. Yeah. We we've covered a lot of it, by the way, right? Yeah. Um, you mentioned Clubhouse, mm. right? You mentioned yeah. Clubhouse. Um, what, you know, when did you start getting into Clubhouse, and when did you start developing your brand? Yeah. Right. Yeah. When did you start putting yourself out there? Because a lot yeah. of people. You know, there, there's a lot of hesitation, mm-hmm. you know, to, to put yourself out there because that comes with either good or bad or mm-hmm. a little bit of everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when when did this all start? Like, when did you start putting yourself out there? Because I've seen you, you know, I just spoke on a stage with you in Milwaukee, right? Yep. yep. And then here we are at a podcast <laughs> and you just hit, you know, you just did two other podcasts. Yeah. Um, when did this all start, man? Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Um, and, and I was pretty known for what I was doing more so in my marketplace. Um and people kind of knew me as like the you know the somebody that's very knowledgeable in the space of short term yeah, rentals, yeah. and but then I like to let people know unashamedly, my I think twenty twenty one. Well, I got on Clubhouse November twenty twenty, 
but I wasn't heavy on it till January 2021. And I can say without a doubt unequivocally that Clubhouse did, definitely made a dent and did, definitely made a difference in my life in terms of my brand. And just Do you think that's where that, that was like the initiation of it? I think that's where it started, to be yeah. honest, um, because when you think about the relationships I made, because one of the things about Clubhouse is, you know, you have these conversations with folks and it's almost like you're especially when you speak on stage with them so many times, it's almost like you start to get to just know about them. Maybe not their personal life, but you get a good idea of what they're about just yep. as a person. Yep. And then when you meet them in person, after after you spoke with them on stage on Clubhouse so many times, it's almost like y'all already just real family already. Like y'all are cool. So yeah. it just makes the, the, the in-person meetup Did a lot easier. Did we ever run into each other on Clubhouse? I don't think so. No. I don't think so, no. But, you know, guess what, though? It was, uh, I definitely ran to Cody I ran to Cody on Clubhouse, even though um, I was, Cody was one of the biggest reasons why I got into real estate. I bought, oh yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, bought yeah, his yeah. course when I decided to start wholesaling and start oh, doing yep, real estate. Yep. It was his course that I bought in twenty mm -hmm. uh, twenty fourteen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was what. So, um, so even and you were I, still working, and I was still working. This is me being an engineer. Absolutely, yep. I was still an engineer, but I was doing real estate on the side. Yep. And so then, fast forward to twenty twenty one. I'm hosting my weekly room on Clubhouse, and then he comes into my room. Do you still host one? I don't host. I haven't no. done it. What all. was it called? It was called a short-term rental roadmap room. That's pretty much it. The short-term rental okay. roadmap. Love it. The weekly room, um, and I did it. And it was always an amazing room, full of value, full of knowledge. A lot of people um, tapped in, and and um, Cody tapped in one time. And he was just like, "Man, I just saw a nice room talking about Airbnbs. I'm looking to grow an Airbnb portfolio, and I don't know nothing, so I just want to be a fly on the wall." And I said, well, Cody, um, you have no idea, but I actually got into real estate with one of your courses. Yep. So this is just so full circle for me. And this is Absolutely. amazing. I said, learn all you can, be a fly on the wall. And let me know if you have, let any, me know questions, if you have any questions. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. And that's it. And then, and then literally like two days later, then he's hosting the room. Then I get into his room. I just popped into his room. And he pulls me up on stage. Oh. He's like, look. I was in TJ's room the other day, and this guy knows his stuff about Airbnb, and he was freaking crushing it with these questions, and I, I learned a lot. And so then, it, and it was a bunch of people in his room. So that's pretty much how one of the ways that, and that's just one example of relationship building. And so mm -hmm. me and Cody got tapped in that way. He asked me a question on his stage. He said, man, how did you handle COVID? Because travel industry, hospitality oh, industry, yeah, is yeah. one of the, like, two of the biggest hit people industries. People scared. During, exactly, remember, people were scared yeah. of freaking airlines, nobody's traveling. So it's like, well, how did you pivot? How did you handle that? And I just broke it down to him, and I told him exactly what we did, and I mm -hmm. told him exactly how um, we we were able to make the adjustments, able to pivot, able to pivot and stop relying on the OTAs. When I say OTAs, I'm talking about Airbnb, Booking.com, VRBO. Mm -hmm. OTA stands for Online Travel Agency. These are the booking platforms. I said, we foregoed all the booking platforms. We went directly to the travel agencies. We went directly to the hospitals wow. and said that, hey, I know it's craziness going on right now, but we have nice, beautiful properties for mm -hmm. your nurses, for your doctors, and we're filling up all the reservations that we lost. We were yeah. filling them right back up. Matter of fact, the demand was so high, I was picking up more units. I had to go, go get more apartment units yeah. to fill up to fill up some of the demand that I was getting. That's how I was able to not only not only push through the, the pandemic, but also kind of thrive during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I kind of broke it down for him. He said, "Man, you need to come speak at my Clever Summit." And yep. that's how me and Cody got tight. <laughs> so then, 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 then he introduced me to you, and yep. then now, first time I ever saw you, uh, yeah, 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 it was uh, there. Yeah. And that's where, and that's where, that's where we got tapped in at. And but that's just one of the examples of the amazing relationships that I built on Clubhouse that has literally helped catapult me to where I am now. So I like to let people know, 2021 was definitely a transformative year for me, for sure. Yeah. Um, I was already this guy though. It's just more people know about me. It's crazy how. You know, nobody gets into nobody gets into um, uh, their entrepreneur journey. You know, with the I guess with the intention of like you know becoming some type of influencer, right. or Social media guy, facts. Or, you know what I mean? No, <laughs> yeah, nobody. That's a fact. Nobody. Yeah. It, it, I think it kind of just happens for multiple reasons, right? One, it's like you you want to serve the world. Absolutely, you want to serve the world. You 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 know, and not everybody, because you know, I always talk about this. When you become successful, you have you have two uh, two journeys. Like it's two different paths, right? Yeah. One, which a lot of people take, a lot of people take, they are successful and they just go about their business and uh, and nobody really knows about it, yep. right? It's just like they just you know they go they get old and and then they pass down you know businesses mm -hmm. and portfolios whatever, right? Two, you become successful and you're like you know what. Let me try to serve the world. Let me let me teach people the mm -hmm. things that I wasn't taught. Absolutely. Right? And then as you continue to grow, you continue to pour into others, right? Absolutely. 
And what happens with this side, right, is everything else starts to grow. Mm. As you continue, it's like, I don't know if you ever read this book called The Go-Giver. Mm, I heard it, of it. You have to. You have to. Bad. The Go-Giver. Say less. Yeah. It's like the more people I help, the more, like, the more that I ascend, the more mm -hmm. that I elevate my mm -hmm. game, you know, it comes full circle. Absolutely. You know, like I, I tell people this all the time. You know, I'm not I'm not known for flipping. And don't get me wrong, our company has flipped well over a thousand a thousand properties, you know, wholesale fix and flip, oh, right? Wow. Different. Yep. But you know, I got known in this industry for for actually like helping other people achieve mm. their goals. Yeah. You know, build seven figure operations, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. I mean, my boy Keith uh, Everett, you know him. He, oh, yeah. he was one of the first people to invest into our mentorship That's back in twenty eighteen. Wow. Right? He was one of the Brother, um, Tiffany Tiffany High or mm -hmm. Tiffany Burns and Josh, it was them and Keith Everett uh, that were the first two clients mm. that we ever had. Really? Then it was Ace and AK who are uh, over 500 units now in multifamily. They invested into us back in 2018, right? Love it. And then slowly but surely, it's like Austin Rutherford and, you know, people started coming to our events. You know, Donnie Ruffin and all these mm. folks like, you know, Ryan Pinetta came to our events. Mm. Pace Morby came to our events, right? Nick Perry came to our events. Right, uh, nice. Terry Thayer, he took yeah. on our mentorship, you know, back in uh, 2019, really? 2020. So we just started just serving man, and helping a bunch of other people, of man. These, these are not some small names either. No, <laughs> these no, no, are all no, big no. name folks. That, that's how we. That's how we got to. Wow, you know, that's uh, People got familiar with us in the industry, but you know, back to you. It's like look at what happened, right? It's mm -hmm. like the ripple effect of yeah. you know just tuning into Clubhouse. Absolutely. Then you know now you're building an online brand. It's the right? ripple effect of adding value. I was just That's giving. It. I was just. Yeah. I was just adding. I was just giving. Yeah. I was just teaching folks, and people appreciate and that. They loved it. They appreciate. People it so appreciate much. that, and, and and obviously, you know, uh, Cody's been. He's a veteran in the game. Yep. You know, uh, I think. Uh, I think you know, all in, all in nation. I think we were. You know, we're we're pretty well known in the industry. Yep. You know what I mean? So, and now it's like you went to Cody's, <laughs> all in nation disruptors. It's yeah. like some of the top. You know. Some of some of the folks that are that probably been messing with you for a while, yeah. right, are probably gonna be like, "Damn, bro, like, what happened?" <laughs> <That's a laughs> right, like, it's already happened. You you went to Phoenix and went on disruptors, <laughs> clever, and all in nation, all in a day and a half, yeah, right? Exactly. But like you said, man, you were just looking to serve, and uh, it was just a ripple effect. It was just the seeds that you were planting with your servitude. You know nice. what I mean? So, uh, man, I'm I'm very happy for you, bro. And Thanks and so let much. me just ask you this: um, Clubhouse, are you still very active on there? Or not really. Um, not as active as I was, but still, I still tap in. I still tune in. Um, a lot of folks that I still follow that have amazing rooms. Um, I still tap into their rooms. I still go into certain rooms and add value. Um, but I haven't hosted my own weekly room in a, in a minute, but I plan on kind of kicking that off. Um, especially, um, especially because, you know, I plan on having my, my first event in Houston. Mm -hmm. Um, so definitely want to incorporate clubhouse in that because clubhouse is a big, big, you know, huge help for me how many followers did you get up to on, on uh i think i'm at like 25 beautiful yeah. beautiful i quit <laughs> i quit clubhouse uh february of 2021 yeah. uh, i think we got it up to like 13 or fourteen thousand. Yeah. you know after like a month a yeah. month and a half of going hard yeah. like every day yeah. eight hours a day yeah. right <laughs> like some people even bought extra phones right like yeah. Yeah, right <laughs> but i knew I knew that there was definitely a bottleneck to Clubhouse. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was telling everybody. I'm like, y'all are going way too hard. And me and uh, my boy Ryan Pinetta mm -hmm. uh, from Vegas, yeah. he, he never really got into the Clubhouse thing, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, I, I understood for multiple reasons, right? I said, hey, I was telling Ryan, I was telling Cody, I'm like, hey man, I don't think this is gonna really last that long. And they were like, well, what do you mean? It's, it's, it's like the hottest platform out there right now. This was about January, 2021. Mm -hmm. I said, well, they're they're requiring for something that entrepreneurs just cannot afford mm. to give, time. which is time. Mm. You have to physically yeah. be there. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. if you're in a room, you have to be there, ready to go. Yeah. You know, and because your number might get called up, and if you just have the phone there and you're out somewhere else, you're you're you know, it's like yeah. dude, you're not even you're done, right? Yeah. So, um. I think I don't know. I think that that's I even made a couple YouTube videos last year about it. Like you know, Clubhouse after their huge like you know I think it was a billion something six billion dollar evaluation or I don't know what it was right mm -hmm. or valuation. I, I saw it started to just crash, 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 and then every other platform started putting their own you know yeah. version room, of Clubhouse right yeah. right. Um, so 
you know, but that's just competition for you, yeah. right? And um, I think and, one, you know, one of the biggest one of the biggest things too that kind of affected Clubhouse was when you think about it, when it was really popping, when everybody was on it, like that January, the first six months of 2021, mm-hmm. people were still on lockdown. When a lot of people, when a lot of people outside mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. most markets were not outside, so people were just at home. Yep. It wasn't until things kind of opened back up, and so Clubhouse started taking that. So it kind of tracked with people being at home or being able to go outside. And mm-hmm. then, like you said, other platforms starting in, in, incorporating rooms yep. into their platforms, and that played a major role as well. Absolutely, man. So let me ask you this, man. Um, where do you see yourself? Like, we're, we're, it's only February. Yeah. It's only February, right? <laughs> I know we got some yeah. gigantic goals. Yeah. I, I, and I know you got some goals, man. Like, what, 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 what are some of the big – here? and I'll give you just a brief breakdown, right? For us, it's like we have a $100 million uh, vision, right? Mm-hmm. It's like – it's real estate, it's education, it's software, mm-hmm. it's e-commerce. Nice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of where our, you know, that that's going to be our, our, our enterprise yeah. and how it produces the $100 million in the yeah. next 12 to 36 months, right? Absolutely. Um, thank God, like I told you last year for the first time, we, you know, we, we got over uh, eight figures, right? Nice. Which is... A no, first no. time in our history, big right? Big off of that. Wow. It was, it, was, it was a big step for us, man. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, never, I would have imagined, you know, the guy that was doing handwritten bandit signs mm-hmm. right back in 2014, Yeah, that his organization would hit over eight figures. So what are some of the goals for TJ to Johnny, you know, for this year, 2022? What does that look yeah. like? So, like, just for, for us, it's, of course, the short-term rental space, which we're growing. And oh. I am essentially now, I haven't even, I, honestly... I haven't picked up an arbitrage unit in like six months. What we have been focused on right now is my boutique hotel brand. So we're now we're buying medium-sized multifamily properties, mm-hmm. and we're gutting them and then making them, converting them into short-term rental, essentially Airbnb boutique hotels. Yep. Yep. And so uh, we got 22 doors in the pipeline that we're currently going to be that we're currently under construction. Yep. And um, so and that's just from properties that we've purchased going into this year. Yeah. So you got a included. crazy deal. I remember, I think yeah, you told, told me about, about this that. in Vegas. Yeah. 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 You're, you're up a few mil or something. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, so, and then, and that's just, you know, kind of going into it now. So we are planning on purchasing more of those and scaling that, scaling that business for sure, which is like the main, that's my baby, yep. right? And then, of course, we have that. We have the, 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 the short-term rental hotel brand. Then we have um, mortgage. So looking to get into the mortgage space. Okay. Um, Definitely building a team around that currently right now. That of course is education, of course is the education component as well. And then there's uh, ecom, which me and you need to have some discussion about. Yeah, that for, for sure. sure, I got you. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk a lot about that Absolutely. on our way up to Sedona. But yeah. how come you haven't launched a management company? You already have the systems and the processes. And I the do people. have a management company Remember for other Airbnb. Uh, you know what's crazy? And, and, here, and that's and that's a very right. Very good I question. mean, that's another stream of income. That's you already stream. have what people yeah. can't. They either don't have the time or the discipline, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. and that's that's actually really good because we talk a lot about the in this short rental space, but there's multiple ways to do it. There's multiple strategies to do it. And there's you can be a landlord host like myself, you can do rental arbitrage like I do, or you can co host. Um, meaning you're managing other people's short term rental. For a percentage. Or or for a percentage. Or a fee. Usually the going rate is about twenty five percent on the co host side or just a flat fees, depending yep. on your level of involvement. Yep. Um so now, even though the means of getting into it, the means of acquisition is different, but the means of execution and running is the exact same. So, yes, the systems that we have right yeah. now, I can definitely manage other people sure. as well. Personally, I um, and I do manage an, uh, um, other people. There's only two people, right? Only, and that's just because I'm really good friends with them. Yeah. I've been so focused on my own and, and, um, and all the projects that we have going on. That's been the main focus, but that's definitely something that we're considering because we have the infrastructure for it already, and we're looking to manage other people's. But right now, we're just managing my own portfolio. Got it for sure. But at least there, um, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. There's oh, multiple absolutely. streams, right? Multiple can, streams. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. You can skin the cat so many different ways. Man. Absolutely. Uh, how can people find you, bro? Uh, shoot, tap on me. IG, IG heavy uh, at TJ Tajani. That's at T J T I J A N I, and um, and also. Be on the lookout for uh, when we're going to announce the first ever short term rental roadmap summit. Hope it's okay if I Love talk it. about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Houston, Houston, H Town. Yeah. It's going to be H Town. Um, it's going to be amazing. My goal for the summit, 
is to show people, of course, educate them and add tons of value within a short-term mental space. Uh, we, of course, we're going to talk heavy on the arbitrage. We're going to talk a lot about systems automation. Matter of fact, the technology partners that we use in this business, as a lot of those technology partners, those companies, they're coming to add value to this event. Yep. And of course, I got you coming to add value to the yep. event as well. Cody's coming. I'll, I'll show people how to actually acquire off-market, deeply off-market. That will be amazing. Uh, this kind of property. That will be amazing yeah. because one of the things we're doing is to show people how, the multiple ways they can own their short-term rentals, mm-hmm. right? And just one of my students, they, she did a, a lease purchase to a short-term rental. So she leased it, but she also signed a purchase agreement to where in two years, she'll be able to execute a purchase to buy to where now she's able to earn cash flow from it, mm-hmm. it for two years. And then buy it. And then buy it. Love the it. it. Right. So yeah. different ways to get yeah, into, yeah. different ways to get into owning these assets as well. I want to get, I want to show people that. And of course, we're going to talk a lot about the other ways to do this business. My boy is one of the top, top folks, uh, top guys on co-hosting. Uh, Mike, he's coming, he's coming through. He's going to add value. I mean, it's gonna be such just a dope, uh, dope event. Man. I'm excited, um, and we're gonna end it off. The, the hopefully one of my hotel projects is gonna be ready to go by then, and the goal is on Sunday, which is the third day, we're, we're gonna be outside the classroom. We're gonna for folks who purchase VIP tickets and inner circle tickets, we'll be able to come toward the hotel project. We're gonna be, it's, um, it's gonna be a whole another pretty much event there. Like, a, yeah, I'll, yeah, ask, yeah. I'll answer questions. We'll tour it to be a, and we'll make it a whole block party Sunday fun day style. There's so DJ, much opportunity, bro, for Absolutely. for for this niche. Absolutely. Right? There's so much opportunity. Like what Pace did with like the whole sub two, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you I think you're probably God willing, you could be the next guy to create something like that mm. in your niche. You know what oh, I mean? Man. So okay. I see it. Absolutely. You know, I see it. I I see where it's headed it, and it's that. picking up momentum. So that's a really Amen good thing for you, man. Absolutely. I appreciate that so much. Well, my brother. Uh, I appreciate you stopping in, man. Let's go up to Sedona and uh, and get some healing in. Let's right? get it. Let's get it. All right, brother. Oh, All right, man. guys. Well, thank you for tuning in. That's my man, TJ Tajani. Make sure that you reach out to him uh, at TJ Tajani. The man is heavy uh, in his DMs, and he's a true servant. So make sure that you get in touch with them. Uh, until next time, I will see you soon. Thank you. Peace. Boom.